just like us. Hey, maybe we could... Yeah! Hey, 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 you mind? I'm on the phone here. Start our own band. One little voice. Gut buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. Hello, I am Max. <laughs> and this is episode number 229. We're talking Doug's Garage Band. Oh, man. Just love it. Uh, we have We have talked about... Doug's Garage Band, not as an episode, but, and I guess if you haven't listened to our Doug's favorite, our favorite Doug episodes, maybe you can like skip forward here a second because I'm going to kind of reveal some of the rankings. <laughs> um, but on our favorite Doug episodes, I ranked Doug's Garage Band number four, my fourth favorite mm. Doug uh, wow. segment of all time. Crazy. Brett ranked it number three. And Andrew, you ranked it number one. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Wow. And you still feel that? You oh, yes. Feel? Yeah? More, yeah, more than ever. <laughs> uh, Max, were you familiar with this episode before we had asked you to come on? Oh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, anytime I think of Doug, this, you know, the banging on a trash can song comes to mind. So, yeah, it's like, it's a monumental episode, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just made me so happy watching it. <laughs> I, I was paused it multiple times during my watching just to like really have a chance to soak it in. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't have a ton of stray observations on this episode and my brain's starting to wonder, like, maybe that's a sign of a great episode when mm-hmm. like it's just moving so fast that there's not a bunch of like little stuff to jot down. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, I, I find that sometimes I, uh, like on a really good fast moving episode, I'll just not be, I'll forget to pay attention to right. yeah. the stray observations. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, um, usually, you know, when I come on the show, I watch the episode once and I'm, you know, picking up on stray observations as I'm watching it. But this time, you know, I just fully was engaged in that first watch through and I had to go back again and kind of like really look for stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very well paced episode. Oh, um, yeah. And we, you know, last week we covered uh, my brother and me, the charity, and that's kind of like the Kendall Gill episode. And I feel like this has the same thing where it's the, you know, the banging on the trash can episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, and another, another essential Nickelodeon episode. Yes, absolutely. In in that pantheon. Um, now, before we totally jump into uh, Doug's Garage Band, I figured we'd talk some music up front here, since music, I think, is a, an important thing to all of us. But before we kind of do that, um, Max, it's been a little while since we've had you on, and I think the people out there may be clamoring for, <laughs> for one of our rare segments, uh, Only When You Appear called taking it to the max oh i'm so anxious <laughs> uh for those who are new maybe to the show taking it to the max uh is where i just rattle off a series of questions max has to answer them as quickly as possible 
Um, he does not know the questions ahead of time. Um, if he takes too long, we simply just move on. Are you, are you ready, Max? <sighs> yeah, I'm ready. Let's start up that O Fortuna music. All right. Max, can you play an instrument? Uh, not well. Which? Uh, the ukulele. Ooh, okay. Have you ever been in a band? Uh, for, uh, an experiment in high school. Uh, we played at my high school graduation, uh, and that's the one and only time we ever played. Wow. What were you guys called? Never got around to that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's kind of that's kind of the same thing with Doug's band here. Yeah, <laughs> right. uh, weird. The music video uh, officially calls them Doug's Garage Band, but um, it seems like they don't have a name. Uh, what did What did you do in the band, Max? Uh, I was the screamer. Oh no way! You scream? <laughs> yeah, it was like you know the old school hardcore type of band. Nice. But, nice. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. That's a pretty um, good show to play. Yeah. It's your only show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is uh, what is probably your most played band? Like, if you were to look, which band do you play the most? Uh, oh. Um. Oh boy. Uh, Beatles. Beatles. Okay. What song annoys you? Oh boy. Um. I'm trying to think of anything. I really don't listen to the radio. Um. Mambo number five. Mambo, what? <laughs> no, <laughs> Lou Bega. <laughs> oh man, uh, best artist you've most recently discovered? Ooh, uh, I mean, this is somewhat recent, and it's due to you, um, uh, Andy Schaff. Andy Schaff, yeah, good pick. Uh, drums or piano? Uh, piano. Electric guitar or acoustic guitar? Ooh, acoustic. Mm. Banjo or fiddle? Banjo. Which vocal Which vocal range is your preferred vocal range? Soprano, alto, tenor, baritone, or uh, bass? Uh, uh, soprano. Oh, you like so you like you, you prefer girl singers, kind of? Yeah, um, I guess uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, real high pitched. Max, what is the perfect number of people in a band? Um, uh, four. Pop music or country music? Pop. What is the first album you remember owning? Uh, that's a good one. I don't know. Um, uh, Sugar Ray, uh, the one with uh, <laughs> every morning when I wake up, there's a halo. Hanging. 14, 1459. Yeah. Uh, if you could only listen to one song forever, which one would you choose? Um, one song? One song. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, I'm a patriot, so how about the national anthem? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's amazing! Okay, oh, um, that's such a terrible answer. <laughs> Madonna, Madonna, or Michael Jackson? Oh man, Michael Jackson! I was going to talk about him today. Okay, okay. <laughs> Paul McCartney or John Lennon? Paul McCartney. Mer- McCartney or Mozart? <laughs> oh come on, man. <laughs> McCartney. <laughs> you said McCartney. Yeah. All right. All right. What was the last concert you went to? Uh, I went to a band uh, named Kishi Bashi, and uh, yeah. it was a good time. Sweet. 
Uh, band you'd like, you'd most like to see live that is still feasible. They can't be dead or that you haven't seen. That I haven't seen. Um, uh, uh, Tame Impala. Tame Impala. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And what? What is your favorite live concert you've ever been to? Uh, the Flaming Lips. Interesting. Okay. Uh, that was the last one. Good job, Max. You 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 made it through pretty much unscathed there. Nice job. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. Tell, tell us a little, the Flaming Lips concert. Like, where was it? Yeah. Uh, so I've always uh, been a fan of uh, the Flaming Lips. M- m- mostly their, uh, like, stuff in, like, the 2000s and on. Um but yeah, I was at Bonnaroo, and it was just uh, a great experience. You know, just a huge crowd, and uh, Wayne Coyne got out on the in his like little hamster ball and ran on the crowd. We were really close, so you know we were holding him up, and they just have like, you know, all these crazy visuals and like people coming out and dancing and like you know confetti. It's just like a it's a really big party, you know. Yeah. No, so and, it was a good time. Andrew, have you seen Flaming Lips? No, I haven't. I'd like to. Yeah. I, I got to catch them at Lollapalooza, and it was mm. very, very fun. Much like yeah, not my favorite band of all time, but just very entertaining, you know. Yeah, very memorable. Yeah. Any any time any time a singer like comes out into the audience, it really like Dave Grohl. I've been at two Foo Fighters concert where Dave Grohl did this. Most notably, um, there's a place in Ohio called Blossom, which is an outdoor venue. And he came like way out into the lawn, which like if you've been to Blossom, you know that like mm. this, like a singer coming out onto the lawn is a crazy, crazy ways away from the stage. Yeah. Um, so just very That's memorable cool. when they do that. I have a question. Yeah. The uh, Mozart or McCartney. Uh, yeah. Was that was that because of that uh, crazy argument I had uh, <laughs> at the at the lake? Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There was, uh, for, for listeners, um, Max and one of our friends, uh, Daniel, who provides the jazz music for this show, uh, they got into a heated discussion. It wasn't an argument, I don't think, but it was a heated discussion about who was more important to, I think, music history, Paul McCartney or Mozart. And, um, yeah, so, and I, I would like to uh, retract my, you know, previous, I think Mozart is probably a little bit more uh, meaningful. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's probably closer than maybe people think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Andrew, do you have a favorite concert you've ever been to? Like one where you're like, man, that was that was the one. I, there's a couple that were great. I don't know if there. I don't think I have a single one that was like that was the all time concert. Yeah. So I I posed the question to you guys of the best band that you've seen live that you feel like maybe most people don't really know about. You know, I was thinking about this episode of Doug. You know, with Doug, they only performed once, and you know, <laughs> the kids the kids weren't interested. But you know, Jimmy Spackle was really into it, uh, and uh, I just I've had that feeling a couple times of seeing a band and feeling like I'm the only one like seeing it. Mm. Um, yeah. So I, I was interested in some of your guys' experiences. Um, mine aren't quite as rare as like a one time appearance. Yeah. Uh, but I have a few. Um, one was Coffinberry. Oh uh, they're a, I guess a Cleveland or Ohio at least band. Yeah. Um, and just, I don't know if they ever, I think they broke up. I don't know if they have, how big they ever got, but um, one of those bands that I, they must have opened for somebody, I guess. 
just really um, was a surprise seeing them, I think, live before I even had an album. Um, just really cool sounding and kind of uh, garage rocky, I guess. Uh, <laughs> sounding singer um anyway that was cool um also this isn't as rare but anton newcomb um mm. singer of uh brian jones massacre i mean he's still out there still oh, feels yeah. like uh um sort of obscure though i guess uh feels like they haven't gotten as much recognition as they should uh but i looked him up and they're still like playing at grog shop but i saw him at grog shop once and um He's kind of known for uh, his, I don't know, like arguing with the audience or just mm. like leaving in the middle of a show sometimes or something. Um, it wasn't quite, the one that I went to wasn't quite as uh, eventful as that, but uh, still really cool and fun. Um, but my number one, and I, this might be the best concert. I just like accidentally was the best concert I was ever at was um, They Might Be Giants show. Um, it was, I think it was Halloween and opening for them was the Trachtenberg family slideshow <laughs> players. Mm. Um, I don't know if we've talked about them on this show. I yet, think we have, but oh my God, this was the most incredible, like this came out of nowhere, uh, band experience that I've ever seen. And it was, uh, this like small family, uh, husband, wife, kid, they were playing in this band and like as they played these songs they're displaying uh the random like sl slideshows that they found from um like yard sales and stuff um and they would write the songs to to the slideshow playing just such a cool experience uh the music was like better than it it seems like it could have been with the con <laughs> like it seems like the concept is so goofy that's like this music can't be good yeah. but uh the music was also great it was just such like a surprise fun uh bizarre experience like no show has been like that um so yeah that was awesome Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a band I always really wish I got to catch. Um, I'm I'm assuming they no longer tour. Yeah, the the um, I mean, the, I think like the dad and the kid are doing like their own solo stuff now. Gotcha. But... Oh, what about you, Max? Any any shows where you're like, you f you feel like you saw something kind of cool? Yeah. Um. So, like, for a band that, like, I didn't know of going into the show, um, I went to see Me Without You once, and uh, and there was an opener called uh, Maps and Atlases, and I had never heard of them, and they were really cool, like, probably the best drumming I've ever seen in my life, and, uh, like, the guitarist had these crazy long fingernails, and he was just, like, going crazy on the guitar, so that was a really cool experience. Um, And I was thinking, like, there's a couple of, like, bands that I've seen at the Grog Shop, which, uh, you know, for the listeners, it's like a smaller venue, which um, 
like I saw I saw some bands maybe before they got really big where they'd be playing like bigger venues like um like I saw like Crystal Castles or like Matt and Kim at the Grog Shop and it was just like man you would never be able to catch these guys um at like these smaller venues anymore um so that was like those were really cool experiences which uh you know it's like you know I'm glad I got to experience that it's really cool very cool um I noted two um there was a show so i found the date grog shop which is in cleveland sunday september 21st 2003 and the band that was leading the show was a a canadian band metric which i feel like they're now much they're much more famous but that was that 2003 would have been the year they released their first album um so there was like nobody at the show um but a band opened up for them called black eyed snakes and I remember standing there and, you know, I'm a teenager and just being kind of like that moment of like, holy cow, this rocks so hard. <laughs> like, I want to I want to do this uh, black eyed snakes. Um, they have a song called Rise Up, which also there's an album, <coughs> album by the same name. And the thing they had that I, I feel like I hadn't seen at that point, but, you know, probably most musical people had is they had two drummers. And the drummers like faced each other, you know, and like so just the songs were so freaking loud, like in the room, um, like the, the distortion was just heavy and crunchy. And I just I don't know, like I had never seen anything quite like that. And I don't think many people know Black Eyed Snakes. Or... And I, this is not me being like, go listen to Black Eyed Snakes, because I, I revisited today, and I'm like, you know, like this song rocks pretty good, but I'm not like listening to this album. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Um, I was thinking about before we also launch into it, Nickelodeon bands, and just kind of like mm-hmm. there isn't a ton. Um, and here's what I was able to think of. And Andrew, you helped me. You helped me think this. You sent a, a picture today from our favorite show, 15, <laughs> of Dylan in the garage rocking and. You, you you think they're called Teenagers in Love? Is that I it? think that's what it is. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's that band, right? There's the Beats, of course. Oh, yeah. uh, sure. There's Doug's Garage Band, slightly. Mm. There's Pete's The Blowholes. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I counted Filbert as a lounge singer. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Stimpy had a similar lounge singer. Ah, episode actually. okay um <laughs> what about uh, squidward oh mm, yeah sure. yeah 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 they, well they had a whole freaking marching band right like in one episode <laughs> right yeah 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 so there there is a small tradition a small a select group of uh musical acts um and who your favorite would be is you know of course a preference thing but i think what we see un- unravel in this episode is nothing less than legendary uh <laughs> as andrew said this episode's called doug's garage band uh it airs I, I could not think of a better day uh july 4th 1993 oh, oh Independ- <laughs> independence day doug episode Doug's Garage Band. That's just so freaking rad. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> love it. <laughs> uh, it's season three, episode 12B. Uh, we've talked about July of 93, so we won't do that today, but I think you know we'll have plenty of love to give this episode. Do you yeah. want to get into it? Uh, sure. Um, before I even get in, uh, I never thought about this before, but you know how like a record B-side is like kind of the the junkier supposedly of the two songs like do you think the second half of these episodes is uh, designed in the same manner Mm, like they i mean certainly like this uh was not the worst half of the episode um but i mean like is that what they're going for do you think Mm. put the good one up front i you know that's an interesting question as far as how they decided which segment led into the next yeah because there's there's times where it seems absolutely nonsensical Um, (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) um what was the i I had the first one uh first half of this episode i didn't actually oh doug in the yard of doom yeah uh, where he loses the wacky wizard like that seems like the weaker half for sure no doubt about it (laughs) anyway i think i think it is interesting because if you go through a lot of these episodes no matter what series when they're in segmented like this it always seems like when there's classics, the other one is not like almost like it had oh, to be yeah. paired with something weaker. Yeah, yeah. Like they just want, <laughs> just want to blow you away with the good half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> anyway, before this episode even begins, we hear that the sound of Skeeter banging on that trash can. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> down i'm on the phone here i mean you just know it from that first sound that yeah. trash can and it's so good i mean it oh my god it, it's perfect perfect beginning of this episode um so one morning in bluffington doug and skeeter are annoying the owner of a local record store as they improvise a song with nothing but air banjo and a trash can yeah. <laughs> When they noticed Chap Lipman on, of the Beats on TV telling the story of how he got interested in music, Doug and Skeeter get the inspiration to start their own band. Chap, tell me. All right. Now, everyone knows that the Beats started in that little garage in Liverpool. My shed, right. Look, Doug, Chap Lipman. But before that, how did Chap Lipman get interested in music? Well, I just, you know, be hitting a bowl or, you know, a cat. I mean, Mum would say, hello, Clyde. Clyde being my real name. Hello, Clyde, she'd say. Quit hitting that cat or I'll smack you in the head. Same with the other guys. So we all just, you know, sort of went into the shed and hit stuff until we came up with Killer Tofu, which, as you know, skyrocketed us to international celebrity, didn't it? And the rest is history. And the world would never be the same. No, I don't think so. I mean, (laughs) yeah, it's just... You know, I have to say the the first two versions of banging on a trash can that we get, the one on the sidewalk here, yeah, and then the one coming up in his bedroom, I think those are the superior editions, mm. a little edgier. I love having them both. Oh yeah, uh, both versions, like it's great and a ama- and <laughs> just so good and like a testament to Doug's uh, attention to detail, like. How often do you, you know, sometimes there's a song in an episode. How often is there two different versions of a song? There's it's three, like, right? Yeah, the end one, right? Oh, oh. Are there, yeah, there's four. Oh. So we get the side, <laughs> hold on. We get the sidewalk, 
we get in his bedroom yeah. when they're recording it for the first time, which that's my preferred version. Mm. Uh, we Perf- get, wow. yeah, oh yeah. That's like, <laughs> that, that's bedroom pop, man. Um, sure. <laughs> then we get the MTV version mm-hmm. and we get the end, the end credits is a fuller, like the end credits actually has a second verse. Mm. Um, so there's four versions you get. Well, I love it. Um, and I, I do want to say this Chap Lipman thing on the TV is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, just a quick joke. Uh, pretty funny, though. It's like him, uh, just his like nothing explanation for a song, which I feel yeah. like um, maybe it's a classic joke or something. But what uh, what Beatle does Chap Lipman remind you guys of? Ringo, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yes. I think that's yeah. what I thought too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's 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 all. <laughs> uh, well, soon Doug Doug is daydreaming about being interviewed as future famous musicians in his garage. Yeah. It all started here in this tiny garage in Bluffington, long before the cereal boxes, the magazine covers, the action figures, Doug Funny and Skeeter Valentine were just ordinary kids, kids who still come back here to find inspiration. Oh, it's fun being a rock star, but we still do all our composing here. Where do you get your ideas for your songs? Oh, you know, from anything. Take this plunger, for instance. I might write something like, Whoa! Plunger, plunger! Whoa! Plunger, plunger! You know, like that. Wow! This whole segment. um, Great. And hilarious. Uh, Doug's plunger, plunger. Plunger, plunger. Yeah. (laughs) Which, even though it's like two seconds, that feels just as... um, Like, memorable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think you could say plunger, plunger to someone and... (laughs) <laughs> they, they might know what you're talking about yeah uh we should also mention that uh the art brett did for um brett uh, wilson yeah. did for this week's episode comes from this uh plunger plunger sequence and uh as as always it is quite something so good <laughs> i love it i like how in, in that scene skeeter developed that like <laughs> British accent, but Doug didn't. And like Skeeter was dressed like he was like from like the late 1960s, and Doug looks like he's straight out of the 80s. It's just so, so yeah. bizarre. So good. Yeah. Um, so that afternoon, Doug and Skeeter take their first step toward mega stardom by writing and recording their first song. Yeah. Um, with with I, pork chop, with pork chop, uh, you know, pr- producing. Yeah, yeah. Banging on a trash can, drumming on the street light, strumming on my banjo. One little voice is calling me, calling me. One little voice is calling me. All right, our first song. I love, I just love this. The, that this happens so much. It just uh, reminds me of. Um, the way maybe we got started in a band and probably a lot of people get started in just like doing various uh, creative stuff when they're kids. is like you just jump in a hundred percent without like thinking about how hard this is going to be or anything. Totally. Um, but it's so there's something so good about that. It's like, yeah. that's how you kind of should jump 
get into this stuff. Right. Yeah, you don't realize at the time what you're doing is, like, weird. Yeah. Because uh, you're so into it. Like, <laughs> I still think of that I, that first practice we had where I think it was in my garage. You, you, I think you literally just had a snare drum. Yeah. And then Nick, <laughs> Nick and I had two guitars. He had an amp. I did not. And so it was like this weird and no microphones and we're practicing, I believe another classic two man band, local H Mm. uh, bound to the floor and just being like in my brain, like, holy shit, like we're going to be famous. Like this is, (laughs) it seems so easy. (laughs) We have the parts we need, which we didn't even really. Uh, So yeah, it can just seem like amazing. Now to be fair, I think they're recording I think it, it's good. It, yes, it, yes, but it, it slaps pretty hard. Yeah, but in like real in real life, uh, you know, it's pretty ambitious, right? Going to record your first song the first day you've decided to create a band. <laughs> um, so afterward at the Honker Burger, they tell BB about the song, and she offers to get their tape to a record producer. Uh, I just wanted to note Honker Burger uh, appearance. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I have this. In, I have I have this in my notes. Said I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to reignite our last verses episode. <laughs> but you have to admit, pretty nice to hang out at the Honker Burger, even if briefly. <laughs> A nice I, respite. I totally agree, and it just like it's just one tiny detail that uh, makes this episode even better. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. So later that night, BB shows up at Doug's to tell him that the producer loved the song and even set up a gig for them this weekend. <laughs> mm. I, lo- I just love how fast this is all happening. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't seem that weird when I'm watching it, but when I'm putting it together, it's like, this is one day. Yes. But they they decided to have a band and they've already got a gig. Um the only problem is the producer also supposedly decided that BB should be in the band too. And guess what? I'm gonna be in the band too. What? Says who? Mr. Spackle said so. What's wrong, Doug? Don't you want me to be in your band? Oh, it's not that, BB. It's just that, well, it was supposed to be just me and Skeeter. Doug, he said two guys was too dinky. But don't you want to be famous, Doug? Well, of course, but then you have to. Think big. Love it. Just, just <laughs> yeah, perfect. The way this unravels, it's just a great gag. <laughs> oh yeah. Plus, it feels very real. Oh, for you know, sure. Like people get just get involved with stuff. Like, incidentally, just you know, they're just like, yes. hanging on the periphery and they accidentally get involved, and suddenly all this stuff is happening. Totally. I we uh, there was like a real trend in the nineties. If you were involved in the music scene, I wonder if people remember, which is the the person in a band that would just either stand or dance. You know what I mean? Like Mighty Mighty Boston's had the dancer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Andrew, I know you and I played a show where we had a couch on the stage and the person just laid there. God, I never would have remembered that had you had you not brought it up. Uh, that's, yeah, that's crazy. And then I was in a different band where we had um, a friend of ours, Eric, breakdance during the show. Um, it's just a weird, like, yeah, you're right. Like, especially when you're a teenager, you just start absorbing all these, like, weird aspects that, again, you probably wouldn't do if you had any idea what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. 
but it's like but you know some of that ends up being the best stuff yeah um, you just can't predict it yeah the, not those the, examples but sometimes for other people. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the person on the couch just laid there yeah they just sat there on the couch while we played wow that's that's crazy i love it <laughs> <laughs> um doug argues that the band was just supposed to be him and skeeter but she, but uh, BB tells him that if he wants to be famous, he has to think big. Think big. Those those famous words, man. Just yeah, ring. Think... Go ahead, go ahead, man. <laughs> no, I, I think she said that uh, the producer said two guys is too dinky. I really, I really <laughs> like that line. <laughs> yeah, two guys is too dinky. Um, I was trying to think of two 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 man bands. Um, Obviously, Local H, Black Keys, Simon and Garfunkel, White Stripes. Sort of, they might be giants. Sort of, they might be giants. Yeah, Um, Everly Brothers. But I, I, there wasn't like a, there wasn't a crazy amount that I could just kind of think of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I get it, Skeeter. You know, they have something here that's unique. Sure. And by making it a trio, we've just, you know, just making it better. It's Blink One Eighty Two and all over again. Um, so this is where Doug imagines the banging on a trash can video, or uh, yeah. maybe uh, dreams it. Yeah, we we should probably just hear it here. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty incredible how many um, music styles they incorporate. Yeah, yeah. I've never uh, done acid, but it, I'm sure if I had, that's pretty much like right in line <laughs> with what it would be like. Oh, it's just done so well. It's, I mean, is this the best Nickelodeon song? Oh, that's a great question. Because I mean, you are competing with the beats. Yeah, sure. Hmm. I, I do mean, lo- this thing is. I do love me some blowholes. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> but this is this is pretty. Yeah, I don't know if there's another song. I think the beats is on, its only competition as far as saying like yeah. killer tofu or 
um, also, this might be the best. I can't think of any others off the top of my head, but this might be the best like video parody mm. um, in anything. Uh, yeah. I well, I, you know, as a kid, when you're watching it, I think you immediately understand the Michael Jackson and maybe Madonna references. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like as an adult, I was probably more like, hey, David Byrne is dressed up like Doug. You know what I mean? Like I didn't. Sure. Why are the talking heads <laughs> dressed up like Doug? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't quite get that one. Have you uh, have you seen the music video for Black or White by Michael Jackson? Yeah, yeah I just, uh, just watched that face shifting part. The face shifting and then dancing with like the different like uh, nationalities. It's yeah. like a, very similar. It's cool. Yeah. Um, and that... Uh, you know, I'm listening to it. I'm like, this is great the whole time. And then that final one little voice. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> so good. With the crowd, the crowd erupting and. Yeah. yeah. Everything. I mean, Doug dangling down with the banjo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so many great shots. The big screen, like the big screen stage with Think Big. Even that seems iconic in Nickelodeon. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Just really, uh, <laughs> the, the boys ought to be proud of this one. Everybody, everybody sure. involved. Um, oh, yeah. If you look on YouTube, there is a couple videos of um, what's the guy who does all the music? Um, Fred Newman. Yeah, Fred Newman. He's um, they, he's reminiscing a little bit. There's a couple videos where mm. he reminisces about the song. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> I wish there was a video of him like in the studio putting this oh, my together. Gosh. Uh, um, so that night Doug can hardly sleep from all the big ideas swirling through his head Uh, love this just brief moment of him waking up and writing the idea down big suit Uh, (laughs) I've definitely done this many times of like usually I'm like falling asleep I'll be like oh I gotta write that down and most of the time it's like nothing yeah yeah but sometimes <laughs> yeah for, for real like you've had like, like stuff for books or yeah for sure sometimes where i'm like oh thank where the next morning I'm like thank god i got up to type that down because uh, i would have been really annoyed had i forgotten yeah i i had um <laughs> i had that moment so i i i've been trying to write a little bit more lately and i'm working on what i think is like pretty much already a failed thing but i'm like just happy to be working on it and in the story there is a it's a world without electricity but i had several moments where like whatever the character was doing would have required it and i like woke up at 3 a.m being like there can't be electricity like like, what the hell is my brain doing (laughs) yeah yeah that's great uh yeah i've definitely had moments like that (laughs) big suit Uh, So the next morning, Doug heads over to Connie's for help making a big suit. And thinking big, he invites her and Patty to join the band. Don't give me told us all about it, Doug. It's so exciting. Really? Then maybe you can help me? Oh, Doug, we'd love to be part of your band. What? Oh, you thought, I mean, you play an instrument? Sure. Drums. I've got them in storage someplace. Oh, but we... And I have an auto harp. 
Well, we already have a drummer. Skeeter. Oh, but I... Wait a minute. Maybe you have something there. Think big. What if we had a band with two drummers and an auto harp player? Really? Doug, you think... Oh, oh, Doug, thank you. This will be so great. This, this whole thinking big thing is great. It's yes. just like, you just want to... You just want to push it as far as you can. Oh yeah. Um, at this point. And we and, and here we get the introduction of the the drum joke. Um oh yeah yeah. The <laughs> second drummer has yes. entered the band. Um and uh yeah yeah. So continuing to think big, Doug goes to Elmo for help creating a light show in exchange for a spot in the band. He too wants to play drums. <laughs> I also be in the band, please, Doug. I'll try hard. I really will. Just let me play with you this weekend, okay? And I'll do the light show just like you wanted, please. I had to have a big light show. I had to keep thinking big. Okay, what instrument do you play? <clears throat> drums. <laughs> After that, Doug heads over to Alan Moose for special effects, and he agrees to let them both play lead guitar. Don't tell me. Let me guess. You want to play drums. No. no. Lead guitar. We weren't just going to be big. We were going to be huge. Which is not that weird. Two guitars in a band, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the logistics all figured out, the only thing left is to practice. Uh, <laughs> I also love that this took half the episode to get to practice. <laughs> like That's perfect. A perfect real thing you know? yeah but it feels like everything that happened before is just so classic you know what i mean it's yeah, like weird absolutely. that it's packed up front absolutely yeah um and yeah this whole the whole feel of this episode like every step of the way feels like a real thing happening back then or yeah. like when you're a kid trying to put this type of thing together yes just In all feels including this practice that's about to happen i've yes i have sure. been at this practice <laughs> <laughs> so with all 13 band members stuffed into doug's garage it's rough going but soon things start coming together and they begin to sound like a real band still with everyone wanting a solo doug hopes they can pull it together in time <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but do you think this would be a good place for a drum solo? We had two drum solos already, Elmo. Yeah, but Lincoln got a solo, and I've been playing drums two years longer than him. And Bibi got a solo, and she's terrible. The stupid lights were in my eyes, Elmo! Look, we only have 15 minutes between the other band's sets. Everybody can't have a solo. Aww. Um, yeah, I, I, I just... This practice is great. Uh, so many characters uh, represented here. Yes. Love that. Love um, all the instruments. Yes. And I love just, I mean, it's maybe an underrated joke that everybody wants their own solo. Like, it's, oh, yeah, for sure. It's very, <laughs> it's very funny uh, watching them do it. It's very funny in the episode. And I think it's just exactly what kids this young would want. Like, well, you know, I got to do my thing for a little bit. Yes. Yeah. At the very least, it's like, I want attention. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next day, they show up at a large house and discover that the gig is a little kid's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> Great gag. And um, just like 
they have this the inside of this mansion or whatever for just like five seconds uh yeah again it's just like a lot of animation to do to not be using that space yeah Um, but i I mean i love it it's like yeah it's really putting all this detail in yeah the whole Um, the whole party setting is really cool it's like again that nice watercolor-ish oh yeah uh, setting it's really cool. oh i mean as always doug looks incredible the backyards were amazing like i just kept looking at how nice those yards looked like, <laughs> mm. max yeah. max was getting yard envy <laughs> <laughs> uh, with with a few instrument malfunctions the band manages to get through the song but somewhere around the eighth drum solo, Doug realizes he isn't having fun anymore. <laughs> In perfect Doug fashion. Um, somewhere around the eighth drum solo, I realized I wasn't having fun anymore. If this is what I had to do to be famous. Amazing. That was so radical, babe. Well, I guess the big guy never showed up. Well, maybe that's good, Doug. I don't know if thinking big was for us anyway. Oh, Doug Skeeter, this is Jimmy Spackle. Glad to meet you, Doug. Powerful stuff, really powerful. You? You're Spackle? He's the guy from the record store. Yeah, excuse me, I want to go talk to those guitar players. They were way radical, you hear? I have a friend in the record business. Well, he's in that big suit, and his arms are just yeah. dangling with a banjo on him. It, it is uh, pretty comical. Yeah. And, and another perfect band, like, evolution. The oh. moment where you're like, yeah. I just don't even want to do this. <laughs> this is way too much. I mean, it's a lot faster for, I mean, most people take, like, five to 30 years to realize yeah. they're not having fun playing live music. But, um yeah, the fact that Doug is just so quickly like, you know what? No, nah, I'm I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> In the backyard, the backyard concert is mm. it that's also very relatable, very real. Andrew, I think our last show as the Bob Saget band was at a birthday party in someone's backyard. Wow. Um, I remember playing multiple backyard shows, <laughs> but <I> don't... <laughs> we played at a swimming pool. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Remember that again, just that like weird cool. locations, because as a kid, you don't really have access to clubs Yeah, and your parents aren't trying to get you a show at a club. <laughs> so you're playing like these weird outdoor locations. Yeah. Like whoever just happens to want a band. Yeah. Playing. Oh yeah. There was that other one that we played uh, with our band with Nick and we were like under a kind of a tent. Do you remember that in someone's backyard? I believe I remember this and it was like took like all day to, or like all night it seemed like to finally yes. get it together and play yes which is also super it's like a kid <laughs> thing of like well we planned this show but we actually didn't figure out whether it was possible yeah, yeah. and so then you spend three hours trying to get cords to reach an outlet from the backyard <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well the kids at the party are unimpressed by the performance Doug and Skeeter decide it's good that the producer never showed up. But as they question whether thinking big is actually for them, BB introduces them to her friend, the big producer, who also happens to be the guy from the record store. Yeah. Oh, in a awesome. <laughs> perfect <Yeah>. twist. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out the producer loved the song, but BB breaks it to Doug that he's out of the band. I love that. What is it, BB? Doug, 
I'm afraid I have some bad news. What? You're out of the band. What? Oh, no. Really? I'm sorry, Doug. It isn't that Jimmy doesn't like the banjo. He just doesn't think it fits with rock and roll. Don't you play any other instruments? Drums. Really? Oh, Jimmy thought we could use another drummer. No, I'm kidding. <sighs> I guess you guys will just have to get on without me, Dee Dee. Oh, I'm glad you're taking this so well, Doug. <sighs> Doug has put this whole thing together, and then BB kicks him out. <laughs> just see, it feels perfect. But, but Doug's, this is like a weird slash, I love it, Doug performance of where he's like being sarcastic. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Like, yeah, right. Um, and I feel like we don't get this kind of, this side of Doug very often. It's kind of a like sassy, sarcastic yeah sweet true. It, it feels like he's just been so beaten down he's like I, I, this is the easiest uh path forward yeah like pretend like i care but just get out of here while i have the chance yeah yeah doug is usually not that you know maybe what's so interesting about this episode is doug's so uh decisive you know what i mean usually doug yes. can't make a decision to make his <laughs> life but he's like he's wrote he's written this song he's put together this band and in a very responsible amount of time has realized, you know what? No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. an interesting Doug arc. True. Good for Doug. Yeah. Um, so afterward, Jimmy Spackle books the what what's left of the band for one more gig. And they end up getting kicked out of the Yodeling Society's Cakewalk Jamboree. Mm. Mm. Great. That, that should be someone's band name. That is great. I was lucky to get out when I did. It turned out Jimmy Spackle got the band one more job before they broke up at the Yodeling Society Cakewalk Jamboree. Meanwhile, Skeeter and I decided we could wait a little while before we worried about becoming famous. At least until junior high. Also, an, just another moment of like this different area that they're in. Uh, I think it looks like Mr. Bones' house. I want to say it is, but I, I won't say that for sure. Yeah. But uh, just another like bat, really detailed background, nice setting. Yes. Um, Night setting. Yeah. This this whole episode is just like packed with. Uh, detail yeah um so in the meantime doug and skeeter decide they can wait a little while longer before getting famous at least until junior high mm. <laughs> put a bow tie on it <laughs> <laughs> by just playing uh think big again or uh <laughs> banging on trash can oh man yeah <sighs> that was a beautiful recap thank you <laughs> yeah um, well, do you guys want to talk about what went into this? Sure. Sure. Hi. This is Bios, Trivia, Ratings, and Stray Observations. Um, well, Doug is really annoying because uh, it's hard to figure out like who exactly voiced who as far as the ancillary characters mm -hmm. are concerned so i couldn't figure out who jimmy spackle was but uh i took a look at uh the voice of bb bluff alice playton um 
she actually passed away in 2011, but she did a lot of, like, interesting voice work, uh, including in Heavy Metal, Hmm. Legend, Ghost Rider, the series, Hmm. and she appeared in a few episodes of Frasier. Wow. Gotta love it. Do you, would you know her to see her? Um, now I would. Yeah. (laughs) I don't specifically remember, um, the episodes, but. Okay. That's cool. Um, well, I took a look at the guy who directed this episode, and interestingly enough, he only ever directed on Doug, um, mm. though he was frequently involved in art departments. His name is John Parator, and Parator directed, um, like I said, just Doug. Uh, a few other titles I noted, some really good ones here. Doug and the Little Liar, Doug Behind the Wheel, Doug Pumps Up, Doug's Big News, Doug's On Stage... Doug's Got No Gift, uh, Doug is Quail Man, Doug on the Wild Side, Doug Mare for a Day, and Doug, uh, Doug Doug's Big Nose. Uh-huh. Um, so some pretty good ones there. He did art uh, art department on a bunch of stuff. Um, he had a pretty long run on Courage the Cowardly Dog. Hmm. And he um, did, for eight years, from 99 to 07, he did the animated shorts for Saturday Night Live. Oh wow! Wow, yeah. So awesome. Good, good for John Peritor. Yeah, I mean, this might be his masterpiece. Yeah, I, I, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, trivia? Any trivia? Um, I think we pretty much talked about my only trivia, which was just like the references from the video, Michael Jackson, Talking Heads. Yeah. What have you? Uh, trivia. I had um. I guess I had the revelation that I didn't know there was a second verse um, Ah. to the banging on a trash can. So, obviously, the first line here is banging on a trash can, drumming on a street light. I think those are the two most famous. Do you know what else uh, he's doing? Um, Mm. Well, strumming on his banjo. For sure. At one point. Um, I'm at a loss. I don't know. (laughs) I can, like, almost have it. Uh... Just give me two more seconds to see if I can dredge it up. Ah, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to come up with it. Well, he's also knocking on a mailbox mm. and, ra- and rapping on the pavement. Ah, rapping on the okay. pavement. Yeah. I definitely would have re- would have not remembered uh, rapping on the pavement. I don't remember that at all. You calling me yeah. a liar? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I joke, I joke. Uh, Strict stray observations. Yeah, um, I got some. Uh, did you guys catch the name of the record label that yeah. Jimmy Spackle works for, or works at, or whatever? I know it. Do you know? Do you know? Oh, Joe? go ahead, Max. Yeah. Uh, Raccoon Records, right? Oh yeah, you got it. Good record label name. What's the name of the uh, the cereal that um, you know sponsors the band in the dream? Oh, that's a good one. Like Doug and Skeeter Flakes? So close. It's Skeeter and Doug Flakes. (laughs) Oh, Andrew, you idiot. (laughs) That's a good one, though. Um, When Chap Chap Lipman uh, practiced as a little kid, where did he say he practiced? I believe it's his shed. In his shed. 
Machete. Okay. Okay. Hitting a bull or a cat? Hitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. There was. I don't know how to say that. There was an item on the table that was kind. It's kind of a toy item. I don't know if you know of uh, on the table of band merchandise. Hmm. Um, there's just one in particular that stuck out to me. No, I I don't know. It mm. was a Pez dispenser with Doug's head. Whoa! Like, with his yeah. uh, with his like rock hair. That's know? really cool. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Um. Do you guys know the real name of Chap Lipman? <sighs> oh. Is it Clyde something? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he only said Clyde. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that I'm glad you brought that up because that's like another just crazy detail that I feel like most people just like skip over writing this. Yeah. But uh, you know, just that moment of Clyde. My that's my real name. My name's Clyde. You know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, not to derail. No, no, no. Yeah, I agree. Uh, can you guys name, um, so when the music video comes on, they have a song name, an artist name, the record name, and the record label. Can you guys name I got it. Okay. <laughs> Andrew, do you know it? Uh, no. I mean, uh, maybe I could guess, but if you got it. Uh, it's Jimbo Records. Jumbo Records. Jumbo? Is it Jim? I thought it was Jimbo. No? Oh, Jumbo. I'm... Jumbo, shoot. Well, then I screwed that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jumbo Records, do you know what the record's called? Uh, well, it was Doug's Garage Band. It was Banging on a Trash Can, Think Big. Yeah. Is the is that the record name? That'd be the record name, yeah. Okay. Uh, what did Doug and Skeeter use to record their first song? Oh, you know, I was trying to tell what Porkchop <laughs> was holding. Is it... Is it like a they tape? actually say it? Oh, it is. Is it a tape recorder? Uh, basically, it's specifically Judy's tape deck. Oh, okay. Mm, okay. Um, so there's like you could see it in the frame. There's like a statue out front of the record mm. store. It's like you can only see half of it, but you can kind of tell what it is. What is the statue? I have no idea. Was it like um, like a Mozart type thing? Uh, it was it was a bear with a guitar. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool, cool, cool. Uh, I, could you guys tell me how many people are end up in the band? Yeah, uh, thirteen, I think. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, including the dancer. Right, right. And Doug. Do you know the? Do you guys know the breakdown? Of, of uh, like what instrument like how oh, many people with what instrument? I think I do. Do you want me to do it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> go for it. You okay. <laughs> I I had, and you're gonna have to correct me here. I had five drums. Um, who was on the drums? Oh no. Oh I mean, man, you really <laughs> broke it. <down> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't even know half these characters had names in the band. <laughs> um, are you sure there was five? I only got four drums though. There, there's five. Oh damn! Because um, there's that guy with the big lips that was never like introduced, but he was just on the drums. I got him. Uh, okay, well I had Skeeter, Patty, Larry, and Lincoln on the drums, but I, I guess I'm missing one. 
There's somebody else. I yeah, I don't know the characters' names, unfortunately. <laughs> Joe, are you still here? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well thought... I got I got them all. Go, so... go for it. Go for it. Oh, okay. Okay. Doug's on banjo, of course. Um, oh, Connie's on auto harp. Uh, BB's on keyboards. Fentruck and Loretta Quigley are on the alp horns. And Porkchop is on the tambourines. Whoa, Porkchop, I didn't put him in the band. Oh, he's oh, in yeah. the I had a Oh, well, well, that's because, okay, so you had 13, but you didn't. So mm-hmm. if you're including Porkchop, I think there's actually 14 people in the band. One that's okay. never named, but if you look in that practice. I Here's what I got. I got, <laughs> I got five drums, two lead guitars, banjo, keyboard, auto harp, two elf horns, and a tambourine. And yeah, I don't sense. know if she's in the band, but at practice there is a girl just dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, I I had wow. five drums, two Ricola horns, uh, <laughs> two guitars, one banjo, one dancer, one keyboardist, and one auto harp. Yeah, you missed that. You missed poor chap with the tambourine. And I missed that. Okay. Shoot. Yeah, I guess I missed a drummer. I don't know who it's it in, was. It's in that shot in the garage. I'm looking right. Oh. Uh, it's like a from from behind scene. So I think like it'll be like from yeah. the back of the garage looking forward, you'll see in a circle around them all. Yeah, you're right. All three of the AV club members mm. are uh, on the drums. Or three of the four, whatever. Do you think okay. in, in high school, did most people, I it felt like most people played guitar. Hmm. Right? Like, in general? Like, if you were starting a band, I feel like it was either... I guess it was either guitar or drums. I guess I felt like people gravitated toward guitar, but... Um, but I don't know. It's a funny... It's a it's a funny instrument for the episode to pick, because it would have been a lot easier to do guitar. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like the key is play bass. Like, just everybody <laughs> needs bass players. Mm, yeah. I guess they don't even have a bass player, do they? This band does not have a bass player. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I and mean, then now everybody who plays bass just figured it out because they knew how to play guitar and a band needed a bass mm. player. So, like, yeah. every bass player is just a guitar player. And yeah. uh, I feel like that was not true when we were growing up. Um, how does BB know Jimmy Spackle? Ooh. Isn't it her uncle? No, no. It's her cousin's friend has a friend that knows somebody. Yeah. Wow. And that's Jimmy Smackle. <laughs> okay, I do not know why I thought that was her uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I have one line that I just wanted to mention. Um, this is the big break we've been waiting for all morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, why does uh, Doug think to go to Connie for help with his suit. She had a sewing kit? No. no. I don't know. She got an A in home ec. That's right. It's <laughs> uh, a good reason. Um, did you catch the act before Doug's band? Three clowns? Three clowns? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a statue outside of the yodeling house. Did you happen to catch it? No. Is it like a gargoyle or? No. 
It's actually Mr. Bone. Yodeling, wow. in, a, in like a yodeling outfit. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and uh, finally, did you catch who is left of the band when they run out of the yodeling house? Ooh, that's a great one. No. Man, no. It is BB, Alan Moo, Larry, the dancer, and two little kids from the kids' party. <laughs> Wow. That's incredible. Wow. So there's only five <laughs> members left at the second party. <laughs> yeah. Man, what a great addition to put the two kids in from the party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. They already got their first roadies. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, uh, IMDB is back, folks, uh, after an insane <laughs> week uh, last, last time around with the charity where they only gave it like a six. Uh, I think we're back on track. Uh, out of 10, IMDb gives this episode an 8.7, which mm. is pretty good. Um, so out of five Crep Stars, what did you guys give Doug's Garage Band? I had to give it a five out of five. Perfect score. Amazing episode of Nickelodeon. Uh, I mean, we didn't even talk about sort of how this... 12 minutes or whatever fits so perfectly but god it it's like the entire story's there somehow it doesn't feel like it's happening too fast it's just so good it, One do, of, it does fly um yeah i feel like mm-hmm. I, usually when you're watching a cartoon segment if it's dragging usually i'll look at the time and it'll be about eight minutes in yeah that's kind of like i think the classic mark but at no point. I mean, you'd have to be a real sicko to even <laughs> pause to see how much time has passed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, as we've talked about, though, of course, some of the most memorable moments, music uh, in Nickelodeon history, mm. um, just uh, it's unbeatable. It gets it all right. If you've ever been in a band, this is like this is the episode. <laughs> um it just oh god it uh again like it just made me so happy watching this one just kind of like took me back to that childhood like optimism of jumping into this kind of thing and um yeah i I just loved it loved every second of it wow um, yeah, I mean... are you about to like trash it? <laughs> Two out of five. Uh, <laughs> no, um, no, I'm right with you. It's a, it's a five out of five for me. Um, the pacing is awesome. The uh, the music video is just incredible. The kind of like this like montage of him kind of getting the band together. I mean, it's a trailblazer. Will there be a uh, you know a, a don't hit me. I'll hit me. When you look at like, Hey Arnold, would that episode even exist mm. without this? Um, I don't know. Would oceans 11 even exist without, you know, getting the band together, getting all these different experts, you know? So I think this is really impacted not only like Nickelodeon moving forward, but society in general. And uh, so yeah, five um, out of five. Uh, you're joking, but I think this has had a pretty big impact uh on our generation uh a certain generation of nickelodeon watchers at least for sure oh yeah and yes i, I was joking like about oceans Alone, but yeah it <laughs> is sure. um yeah i mean when i think of doug this is like kind of like the first thing i think of you know so yeah. Uh, yeah for sure five out of five nice 
what we did on our summer vacation. (laughs) Zeke the plumber. Field of Pete. The tale of Dead Man's Float. The Nightcrawlers. Wacky Deli. Hard Days Pete. Mail Carrier Mona. The Charity. And now, Doug's Garage Band. Perfect Fives, (laughs) sound the air horn. (laughs) Love it. Wow. Okay. And this is our first time we had, uh, we've had two fives in a row. So last, last week was the charity. Last time we had two in a row was uh, what we did on our summer vacation and Zeke the plumber back to back. So good. I mean, it deserves to be there. No doubt. Yeah. Um, and man, this aired on July 4th. I mean, that's like, can I give it a 5.1? Seriously. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, that's it just is. such an such incredible timing. I can just I can envision it like hot day watching Doug in my basement. I I can tell you right now, like if uh, if I ever write a memoir, one of the chapters will start out like July fourth, three. <laughs> <laughs> Doug's Garage Band is on. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, yeah, it's like uh, you know, I was thinking it's a little bit in the vein of a cartoon version of hey, uh, Hard Day's Pete. Mm, yeah. This, yeah, this sure. notion of kids writing and playing music in a band and trying to yeah. put this, organize this seemingly impossible thing for a kid to organize. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it really holds that sentimental place in my heart. And um, I don't think there, there is, obviously I ranked it fourth. And I think I probably would rethink that a little bit, but, I, I'm not sure there's really truly a better put together Doug. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking all the kids are so damn excited too. Yeah. About being in doing this thing and being into it. Like it just like uh seems to supersede like everything else going on. It's like it becomes this. This is what we're doing. Uh love that so much. Yes. Totally agree. Um yeah, there's a great energy and it, it accomplishes so much. It has like these fully produced songs as part of it. <laughs> yeah. The art is pretty incredible. Um, yeah. Like you said, there's a lot of like backgrounds and I don't know. just feels like a very ambitious Doug episode. Yeah. I mean, if you Absolutely. released it on July 4th, this had to be. You were saving it up. Yeah. This is your fireworks. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, happy to have Doug's Garage Band in the Five Club. Um, do you guys want to name this episode? Oh yeah, sure. I just forgot. Oh man, I feel like we could have the same name. I just went with the most f- straightforward one. Okay. Doug thinks big. Hmm. Ooh, well, I'll tell you what, I had a million names for this episode, so I'll just, <laughs> I'll just take that one off my list. <laughs> Very good, though. I, um, yeah, I had a, quite a few, but my the one I kind of landed on is Doug Thinks Too Big. You know? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, because he's like, it's a great idea, but it went a little bit too far and it kind of yeah. destroyed it all, so. Yeah. I was right there with you. Yeah. Nice. Well, I went with Doug thinks too, too big. <laughs> yeah, <right. 
All right. Uh, I went with, um, du- you know, really nothing clever here. Uh, I went with Doug's big band. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Go around again. Uh, Doug thinks big. Doug thinks too big. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, Doug's big band. Um, we'll post those and you guys can vote. Andrew, you're on a little roll here. You've won um, two straight. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, and I'm in ma- I'm in major need of a win. I have not won a name an episode since October. Wow! My goodness, <laughs> have the people turned on me? That's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Um, before we leave, Doug, totally. Mm-hmm. I just want to remind us all. I mentioned this in the Top Dog episode, but somebody's got this great YouTube comment that's like, I'll just paraphrase. Well, wait a but... second. Wait a second. Let's do a formal segment here because I have a bunch. Oh, okay, great. Oh, beautiful. Uh, So it's time for What Would YouTube Comments Do? What would YouTube Comments Do? (laughs) Wow, it's been a long time. Oof, that jingle jingle had dust on it, folks. (laughs) (laughs) So perhaps, maybe my favorite YouTube comment of all time, uh, (laughs) Sniffy McSnuff says, had this song stuck in my head, was singing it while in the public bathroom stall. Someone came in the room and asked, you think it big in there, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> you think it big in there, buddy? <sighs> that is really good. So uh, the, the comments made me realize that um, this song has become somewhat of an anthem for the Houston Astros. <laughs> Uh, but for people for people to make fun of them. So two years ago or a couple years ago, the Astros were caught cheating. Uh, they would steal other team signs and then tell their players what pitch the other team was going to throw. And they would do it by having someone on a garbage can behind the dugout like bang on it <laughs> to send the signals to the hitter. And so if you look at um, the comments on YouTube for any banging on a trash can video, I'd say 50% of them now are about the Astros. (laughs) So some of the ones I saw, every MLB team should play this whenever the Astros visit them. Uh, The new theme song for the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros had this song on repeat in the dugout. I was really hoping I wasn't the only person who remembered uh, this song amid the Astros scandal. Um, this song should be played before every home game. Uh, anybody plays against the Astros next year. Looks like the Houston Astros <laughs> couldn't win without banging on a trash can. Uh, nobody could have ever known a professional sports team would be so inspired this many years later. Uh, who knew Skeeter would grow up to work for the Houston Astros? <laughs> would everybody please rise for the singing of the Houston Houston Astros national anthem? <laughs> Banging on the trash can. Um, one I really liked here was from a Good Times Roll Eight. I was I was banned permanently from the Houston Astros Reddit page for trying to post this video. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, one I just liked, uh, Julian Dench said, I would love to hear Daniel Johnston do a version of this song. And um, if you know Daniel Johnston, it's like, oh, yeah, he could definitely do Hanging on a Trash Can. (laughs) Yes. Um, The late, great Daniel Johnston. Yeah. 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 Um, All right. Well, that uh, I think that wraps up. 
Um, Doug's Garage Band. Anything else? No, just classic. Mm. Love it. Okay. Still yeah. loving it. It's going to be following me probably for the next few days. <laughs> yeah. I'll live on forever in our hearts. Sure. Um, all right. Our first email here is from our old friend Jacob. Uh, this is his season seven. Are you afraid of the dark opinions? <laughs> nice. Um, not too long ago, he wrote us. He watched all of season six. Uh, so yeah. I think he is, you know, he has now finally marathoned it. <laughs> um, he said, dear Jasper Davis, an American former competitive figure skater, actress and sports commentator, Tara Lipinski. I finally finished. Are you afraid of the dark seventh season for the first time? You guys were on the money. This season was worse than the previous one. It felt like the creators were scraping the bottom of the campfire water bucket. It didn't match the quirky originality of season six. Too many stories were loose retellings of myths, books, and even older episodes. Night Nurse essentially was just a slightly altered version of Locker 22. Because of this, I didn't find many memorable or surprising moments during my watch through. Did anyone else notice that Tucker, particularly in season seven, has no personality? He was so wooden and lifeless that I often confused the guy with the campfire logs. It was only during the Silver Sight three-parter that Tucker returned to the land of the living. Whenever he was with Gary, he would revert back to that annoying little brother we would often laugh at with, with sick satisfaction. But these scenes were all too brief. Zombie Tucker definitely drained the season of personality. I was surprised you guys didn't choose Laser Maze as your Ferguson in the season rundown. The last 10 minutes are pure frustration. The robot alien explanation was just as confusing and hard to follow <laughs> as the laser fights. So bad. You know, the more I think about Laser Maze, the more I, I think I actually really like that one. <laughs> no. <what>? Yeah. <laughs> I think you're forgetting, maybe. No, 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 no. It's with the, it Bob, it's like... the Bob Odenkirk lookalike. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It see, it's like... At first glance, it seems like it should be great. Lasers, maze, what could yeah. go wrong? But yeah. uh, it does go wrong. No. <laughs> and aliens? How lucky, are, how lucky are we? <laughs> um, I don't know why Joey has a beef with Last Dance. It should be right up his alley. <laughs> it's season seven's Jake the Snake, an episode you should definitely watch with a group. It's so yeah. unintentionally funny. That might be true. Like if I maybe yeah, yeah. if I if we were all sitting together watching that one, yeah, it'd be sure. more fun. But watching it alone is not fun. <laughs> uh, the paint scene, the twist that the lurker is a supermodel. I can go on and on. <laughs> Andrews Ferguson Stone Maiden is in my top three. Wow. Uh, the Come the on. teen drama was enjoyable, like fifteen, while the premise of a statue feeling emotions is a haunting one. Lunar Locust was too much like an Animorphs episode to engage me. Uh, photo finish, which you two loved, is the second worst episode <laughs> in my ranking. <laughs> um, despite telling a complete story that made sense, it was still boring. During the climax, Jas Jasper Davis lost all sense of menace. The moment he started to, <laughs> the moment he started to slowly wheel his evil camera around like an old granny, I've seen reawakened plants in the tail of the Reanimator move faster. And speaking of Reanimator, it was mid-tier. I like it only because it bravely delved into horror, unlike most of season seven. Time Trap was fun. Got to give my girl Angie from Shelby Woo some credit for convincingly portraying one of the most powerful character in the show's history. 
Yeah, you heard me. A controversial statement that's not as controversial as my favorite episode. Silver Sight. All three parts. (laughs) Wow. Oh, boy. Great world building that expands through the show's mythos in a meaningful way. Though I think it would have been better if all the scavenger hunting stuff was finished in part two, allowing part three to truly revel in Silver Sight mayhem. I'm glad I saved this story last in my marathon because it really made a difference in my ranking. At the end of part three, when Gary uttered the sentence, the story ends here, I could really feel the weight of his words because the story had ended for me too. I was done with the show and accomplished a lifelong dream. And not even Tucker, being the plank of wood that he is, could ruin that. (laughs) Sincerely, Jacob, and are you afraid of the dark completionist? Nice. I I love it. Um, And I, hey, I uh, enjoy the love for um, Silver Sight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, this one comes from our friend Al. He says, hi, Joey and Andrew. I have been itching for the Big Orange Couch's 1999 episode to arrive. And in the words of CIV, I can't wait one minute more. But since I must wait a tad longer, I thought I would take the time to share my reflections on the year in question. Being originally from Rhode Island and still being an ocean stater at heart, I can tell you this was an emphatic exclamation point on the Renaissance decade for our capital city of Providence. Earlier in the 90s, the town was rejuvenated through the restoration of professional sports to city proper with the Providence Bruins, the opening of Water Place Park, the introduction of Water Fire, a presentation several cities stateside and abroad have since emulated, and the (laughs) the opening of the Rhode Island Convention Center. (laughs) In terms of 1999 events in the locale, there are enough to compose a BOC-style favorites list, along with Ferguson. (laughs) Give me that Rhode Island information. (laughs) Uh, One, the aforementioned P. Bruins, who had set up shop at the Providence Civic Center as Boston's new top minor league affiliate seven years earlier, capped a year of record-smashing dominance as the American Hockey League's Calder Cup champions. Hell yes. (laughs) Two, (laughs) the Providence Place Mall opened its doors in August, bringing a comprehensive shopping center back to the city proper. Boom. (laughs) Three, the Providence College baseball team won the Big East Championship in its final season before the program folded to comply with Title IX. Pow. (laughs) And fourth, four and five, two primetime network TV shows set in the state, NBC's Providence and Fox's Family Guy both premiered in January. Ferguson, Operation Plunderdome, <laughs> and an, an investigation into suspected racketeering by polarizing Providence Mayor Buddy Cianci commenced this year. Uh, by 2002, the findings led to Cianci's ouster from office and sentenced to federal prison, tarnishing the reputation of the mayor who oversaw the Renaissance. Oh, man, <laughs> if this doesn't get our numbers up in Rhode Island, I don't know what will. <laughs> uh, favorite albums: one, Jock Rock 2000; two, Jock Jams f- Volume Five; three, Astro Lounge. Let's go. <laughs> favorite songs: I'll start with three. Three, Smooth. Two, Learn to Fly. One, All Star. He gets it. <laughs> favorite movies: For Love of the Game. Two out-of-towners, one office space. Okay. Favorite new TV shows? 
three sports century, two freaks and geeks, one who wants to be a millionaire. Oh yeah. Wow. Mm. Ferguson, when the preview channel, established 1993, gave way to the TV Guide channel at the stroke of midnight, February 1st, the new format, optics, and aura signaled people's excessive interest in unduly hastening the 90s exit and ushering in the new millennium, which everyone conveniently forgot was not going to commence until 2001. Um, uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, I, I like that preview channel mention. Um, yeah. They used to be great. Yeah. Uh, favorite Nickelodeon episodes three hey Arnold fighting families it's a homage to homage to Double Dare whose 2000 reboot was announced two months after this episode premiered need we say more yeah. Keenan and Kel ah here it goes to Hollywood I like to pretend this full hour special is the show's real finale in the interest of preserving a positive mood I will not elaborate on any of the subsequent episodes the storyline <laughs> makes an appropriate closer by taking the protagonists outside their town limits, a la Doug's bad trip, and, opportunistic, and opportunistically calling back to picture imperfect while working in four as themselves guest stars, which might have seemed like a hammerhead hurdling overload were the episodes set anywhere other than L.A. And number one, SpongeBob SquarePants Hall Monitor. When I learned about all of the common personnel between the shows, I started watching Spongebob seeking reasons to liken it to Rocco's modern life. This episode epitomizes the resemblance through its parallels with uniform behavior. Both segments have a yellow, complexioned, exuberant, somewhat marble-missing man-child Tom Kenny character taking what is supposed to be a minor honorary position of authority, going beyond that position's literal and figurative boundaries, causing more trouble than he stops, and running afoul of the city's actual authorities. Can't wait to hear your own reflections on this one-of-a-kind decades cape capper. Best Al. Thanks, Al. Oh, yeah, that's a lot about uh, Rhode Island that I never knew. <laughs> Good stuff. That you never knew and you'll never forget. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we, we got one more uh, email here. <clears throat> From our longtime pal Kenny, uh, Andrew, do you do you want to describe these amazing pictures uh, Kenny has found? He's, yeah, yeah. Um, he just says, "Just found some higher res images on Twitter." Searching, "Bring back, hey dude." The first is a AEW uh, match from that from like a, a medium like shot from above the <laughs> stage, and then the next one is just. A beautiful close-up of some guy in the audience holding up a big sign that says, Bring back Hey Dude. <laughs> it, like, the sign is so well made, it's the yes. actual Hey Dude logo. <laughs> oh my yeah, god. We will post these pictures uh, for people to see. Um, yeah, it is just straight up. So incredible. Uh, yeah, a wrestling match with a dude in the audience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wanting more hey dude yes and i love that it's hey dude of all things uh hey dude just perfect incredible um yeah, yeah all right man. well uh thank you for all your emails uh, we really appreciate that yeah um and andrew what are we moving on to next next time we're talking the year 2000 year in review 
Oh, cue the uh, classic Conan. <laughs> yes, that's all I can <laughs> think of when I hear the year 2000. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we reached out to people uh, uh, on Instagram, uh, some of our friends and listeners, and uh, people eagerly signed up for a year they wanted to join us on. And uh, next week, Lyndon will be joining us for 2000, so that'll be cool. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, we are on Twitter at BOC Podcast. We're on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You could reach us like Jacob al and kenny did uh and um yeah leave us a review you can uh, find us on apple podcast products you can find us on spotify podbean um thank you to our newest reviewer a506 uh, for the lovely five-star review thanks and speaking of lovely max oh well no i i just a privilege and an honor to uh, be able to just hang out with you guys and uh, just listen to all the knowledge that you have about um, the wonderful world of Nickelodeon, and um, just uh, just truly truly thankful for for both of you and this beautiful product. Congratulations on 230 plus! I'm excited <laughs> for 250 and to see what you guys do moving into the future. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. It's really nice, um, and it's great having you. And uh, we hope we will see all you big fingers next time. just thinking big (laughs) thinking big yeah (laughs) is that related to the episode do you know this think big doug oh yeah yeah you've never heard of this one
Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I see it. Think big with an exclamation point at the end, as in Max's notes. One little voice is calling me? One little voice is calling yeah. me, calling me. <laughs> I was thinking that earlier today, wasn't I? I I'm, I'm, t- I'm, I'm rambling. Right. <laughs>